What's up, loves? Welcome to Level Obsession. I'm Queen, your host. Hey, y'all. What it do? What the business is? As I write this and reflect, I feel peace and joy, and I wish the same unto you. You and every, you, 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 everyone that's listening, you know? Y'all know I never try to, like, really, like, sit and reflect on, like, feeling happy or even thinking it. Because it seems like every time you kind of, I know for me anyway, I don't know about y'all. As soon as you acknowledge that little sense of happiness that you feel, something always come and make your hair hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, so so my last episode, I tried to put a little... um spin on the intro y'all noticed it it's gonna get better because i'm i'm working on it you guys i'm thought i needed help but i'm gonna do everything myself i can get it done i just need to take my time with what it is that i'm doing and what sound i want to put out there for myself you know so look so y'all notice the little music i've been putting on the intro i've been liking those melancholy beats melancholy um, that, that's kind of like the aura that surrounds me. Like, even when I'm not sad, I can be happy as fuck, like super happy. And I still got this melancholy mood and it has nothing to do with anybody else except myself. And I'm saying that because I used to be around people, right? And I'm not the type that's just going around smiling for no reason with this fake plaster smile on my face. And so it's just like, I'm chilling, I'm vibing, I'm enjoying my atmosphere don't be that person that try to force people to be happy because they not happy to your level of happiness. Like somebody really had the audacity and the nerve to ask me what was wrong with me one time. And I was like, I'm all right. Why you say like, why you not smiling? Why you not happy? Just because I'm not smiling don't mean I'm not happy. I'm one of them people that got resting bitch face. Like you would think that I got a permanent, permanent frown on my face and I really be just deep in my thoughts. And it's just like, don't be that person that always got to fill the air with words. If silence is what's necessary for the moment, let that silence be, okay? And I, that was so random, this message, but it was meant for somebody because God speaks to me. You know, we are messengers, you know, for whatever purpose we serve, whatever cause we back, whatever solution we try to seek, okay? So peace be unto everyone, you know? Um, so today's story is a story about why you shouldn't commit crimes and do bad things because doing bad things and committing crimes leads you to being paranoid and paranoid leads, paranoia leads to murder, bloody murder, unnecessary murder, 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 you know? Yeah, I had to squig my water, y'all. I felt my mouth doing that little nasty, squishy stuff it does. <laughs> y'all know me. My day ones. Y'all know me. I'm talking about my day ones. All my listeners, all my day ones. <laughs> the same ones. <laughs> it's all good, though. I love y'all. And all my listeners out there, I hope y'all be open to new people because the family is growing, you know. People is, you know, being becoming aware of Queen, okay? So the family is growing. Don't don't be jealous, you know, when new people come aboard and start loving your girl. 
because I got love for everybody. Okay, every single day of our lives, you know, should be like a mental health awareness day. Like, no more suffering in silence. Yell, scream, get it all out, you guys. Get it all out. Do what you got to do. Like, growing up, my mother used to randomly scream sometimes. And then she'd be like, cow gone, take me away. <laughs> and I was too young. And when I seen the cow gone commercial, I was like, my mama was crazy as hell. <laughs> Thompson, Cal, gonna take me away. We getting on her nerves and shit. <laughs> okay, but yeah, get all that shit out, you guys. We not suffering in silence no more. But most importantly, I want everyone to check in with themselves. Often things about your mental health, you know, question your mind. Do little exercises to ensure that you still got it together. For example, I bust out and you know, rap my favorite song. That's like a mental health check-in thing for me. Um, just to like see if I still got it. Cause I used to pride myself on like knowing every word to every song. It don't matter what song it is. Y'all know what one of my favorite songs is though. I had, I, I got to share it with y'all because I always think it to myself, but I never like say it out loud. And the other day I was in a grocery store and somebody was singing my favorite song and I just wanted to bust in and join them. But I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to look like that you know, crazy person. But anyway, I'm gonna keep on loving you cause it's the only thing I wanna do. That's my favorite, like one of them anyway. And y'all know one of my other favorite songs is, what do you say? All this time I was finding myself and I didn't know I was lost. That was my song. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser I'm older. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So for all the people that's rolling their eyes at that, that's what comes with the territory, okay? So roll your eyes, roll them as hard as you can, and I hope it make you feel better, okay? Okay. Okay, let me see. Do, 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 because I got all off my script. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, but that's one of the things that I do to kind of like, Keep my man in check. Sing me a song. Rap me a song. Y'all understand where I'm coming from. You feel me? You feel me. Okay, so today I will be telling the story of Carol Carol Giles, Giles. I'm going to say Carol Giles and Tim Collier. Let's get into it. Carol Giles was 27 years old, working as a nurse in Pontiac, Michigan. Carol was a married woman with four children. Her husband's name was Jesse, and he was 41 years old. They had jungle fever. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but they was an interracial couple, and I'm here for it. Um, Carol was a stepmom because two of the four children were Jesse's from a previous relationship. Jesse was described as a good father and a good provider um, for his family, despite being an obese man. Um, and he was a diabetic as well. He was taking insulin. He had to be around 400 pounds. Um, after having a stroke, Jesse lost feeling in his left arm. And it's a good thing his wife was a nurse, right? Huh? I don't know. But yeah, it was a good thing his wife was a nurse. Um, one of the things that my grandfather told me a long time ago, one thing that really earned my grand well, earned my grandmother his loyalty. He said he was dying one time. He was having a heart attack or something. And he just always remembered that moment as my grandmother saving his life. I don't know what she did, 
but she did CPR, whatever. But he just always felt like he like I love her so much. She saved my life before. Okay. Um. So after having a stroke, Jesse lost feeling in his left arm. Carol took care of Jesse, and the more she supported him in that way, the more she craved another man. Because at work, Carol met a man from California. He was new to the area, new to the workplace. His name was Tim Collier. And they started peeping each other stilo and began an affair, even though I think the affair started before Jesse's stroke. Um, Carol's husband, um, now, Carol's husband. Okay, I was just putting emphasis there. Jesse was Carol's husband. Because um, there's going to be a few names in here. I just hope y'all keep up. Carol and Jesse is married. Um, Jesse is the diabetic. Um, Carol meets Tim at work. She feeling lonely, looking for some comfort. I don't know what she was feeling or what she was looking for, y'all. Let me take that back. I can't speak for this lady, okay? But now we know um, what comes when people's feelings start to change. Shit becomes obvious. Sneaking around, hushing on the phone, coming home late, going out more, not coming home at all. So, you know, shit be obvious when your partner's feelings start to change. After enough, after a while, enough was enough, and Jesse told Carol to leave. But he was keeping the children. Um, Carol acted like she wanted her husband and her family, so she told Jesse that she would end things with him. And Jesse, being a good man, he believed her and all her bullshit lies. Um, on September 28, one one was called to the Giles residence. Um, Carol said that she came home and found Jesse, her husband, unresponsive. His condition was beyond CPR and he, CPR, and he had passed away. Um, Jesse's death was ruled as a natural cause death. Um, no suspicion involved except for one of Jesse's daughters. Um, I'm not going to name her name, but one of Jesse's daughters, she believed that someone purposely hurt her father. Um, the police was like, yeah, honey, leave it to the experts. And they dismissed her um, objection and suspicion, suspicious, suspicion. And the case was closed. Um, but yeah, she'd be so obvious. It don't make no sense, you guys. She cheated. She got caught. Then her husband, you know, tell her to leave the house. And then all of a sudden he died. Okay. Like after shit don't add up, subtract, huh? After the death of her husband, Carol's friend moves in with her. And that friend's name was Nancy Billiter. Um, she was born March 24th, 1952. Nancy was a good friend of Carol and her late husband, Jesse. Nancy was described as sweet and kind, and the children loved her. Nancy moved in with Carol after Jesse's death to help with the kids, and when Nancy became a present help, Carol got ghosts like F them kids, in the words of Lil Nas X. <laughs> um, but now, Jesse passed away in September. By October, the very next month, Carol broke the news to everyone that Tim, her boyfriend, was moving into the home. Some people just don't have no shame, don't waste no time. Like I said, be obvious as hell. That's crazy. Um, okay, so let me see. So Tim moving in, she breaking the news to everybody, the kids into Nancy. They all probably shocked as shit, like, what the fuck? Um, Tim ass was a bomb. He started wearing Jesse's jewelry and started driving Jesse's truck. 
Nancy and the kids was understandably like uncomfortable with the whole situation. Like, what the fuck? The nerve of Carol and all this goddamn nerves um, just created a hell of tension in the household. There was a whole bunch of tension in the household because of Carol's actions with her lover and how she disrespected the memory of her husband, okay? Um, and it caused friction. All the tension in the household caused friction between between Kim and Nan- Tim and Nancy. <laughs> Tim needed to get over himself, if you ask me. He felt like he was super fine or something because on more than one occasion, he suggested a threesome between himself and the two ladies, Nancy and Carol. Now, you know, Carol was probably with it because this her man, her scumbag man, that she'd have moved into the house thinking that Nancy probably was going to go for it. Nancy like, hell no, fuck off. Feeling like moving into the house was a bad idea. Nancy stuck around for the children. So in November 1997, Tim took Carol to meet his family in California. While in California, Nancy called and said that the house was burglarized. Tim was like, Tim, he had his suspicions um, of Nancy. He was like, no, Nancy, you stole the shit from the house and um, just claimed a break in. So he was, so Tim's whole idea was that Nancy just claimed that the house was burglarized and that she just stole the items herself. This prompted Tim and Carol to cut the trip early from California. They arrived back home November 12th. And that's when Nancy was last seen and heard from. On November 14th, a woman's body was found by a fisherman. The woman's body was wrapped in a blanket um, with a floral print design with a foot sticking out, um, discarded along an access road that was leading to a lake. And I'm assuming that the road was leading to a lake because a fisherman found her body. I think he was on his way to go fish. When the police arrived, they uncovered that the woman was Caucasian and beaten very badly, mostly in the face, along with other marks on her body. Um, Her body also reeked of gasoline, so whoever dumped this woman's body tried to burn her, but they wasn't successful in their attempt. The woman was identified by her employer, by her employer as Nancy Billiter. Um, the employer told officers that Nancy hadn't showed for work in a couple of days and no one had heard from her. The investigation led police to the front door of Carol Giles. While being questioned by officers, Carol couldn't get her story straight. She said she had last seen Nancy on the 11th of November, but then said that um, it was she last seen her on the 13th. Of course, Carol was acting strange, and the police picked up on her behavior and asked um, if they could search her home. Carol said yes. Um, For that search, police found sheets that matched the cover um, that Nancy's body was rolled up with, and um, along with some syringes. So the sheets that they found, that officers found in Carol's home, was had that same floral print um, on it that Nancy's body was wrapped up in and also some syringes the syringes might have not been suspicious because Nancy was a nurse but I don't know because um Jesse was taking insulin so maybe the syringes was probably like some leftover syringes from when he had to like um take his insulin 
I don't know, y'all. Um, the officers was like, um, yeah, ma'am, you have to come with us for questioning after they um, uncovered the, the little evidence that they did from that minor search. Carol complied. Um, now, I always say it's no honor amongst thieves. The same goes for murderers. Um, so with that being said, this is how the confessions went down. Um, these are my confessions. These are my confessions. Okay, Carol said that she came home and found Nancy and Tim in the basement arguing over the stolen items. And I think it was just like a VCR, y'all. That is so crazy. Like, like in this day and age we're living in now, we like, okay, so the house got broken into and somebody stole a VCR and you tripping arguing this lady down for this shit. But back in 1997, I guess the VCR was like, was like, goddamn it, um, Alexa, some shit of, of today's age. Like, um, my son and grandmother had a whole bunch of um, VHS cassette tapes. And when my son was born in 2007, I guess, you know, VCRs and cassettes was played out. And so, you know, he grew older and I think it had, he had to be around like six or seven years old. He was, he seen a cassette tape. He said, what's this? And I'm like, Philip, how you let go act like you don't know what that is? And you know, and it dawned on me because his cousin was like, how do you expect him to know what a cassette tape is? And I was like, damn, you know, like different eras, you know, and he really didn't know what a cassette tape was and that you put it in a VCR. I'm glad I didn't even mention a VCR to him because he would have been like, VCR? Okay, but yeah, getting back to the story, you guys. So Nancy, um, she confessed. She said she came home and found... I mean, Carol, Carol confessed. Carol said that she came home and found Nancy and Tim in the basement arguing over stolen items from the break-in, which was just like a VCR. Um, Tim had Nancy tied to the bed. So this is what Carol saying that she witnessed with her own eyes. She witnessed that Tim had Nancy tied to the bed with some nylon stockings and he was beating her. Uh, Carol, that's more than an argument, okay? Um, Carol stated that Tim covered Nancy's face with a towel that was soaked in bleach. Carol stated that Tim threatened her with a gun and told her to go sit down somewhere, and that's why she didn't speak of the incident to police. Carol said that when Tim came up the stairs, she knew that Nancy was dead and she felt that she could be next. <clears throat> The police obtained a search warrant at that point and found a gun and a blood-soaked mattress, okay? On November 15th, Tim was arrested. Tim called himself <clears throat> sticking to some type of code or something because he kept his mouth closed. He denied killing Nancy. So when officers told, him, told Tim that Carol said that he did, in fact, commit the crime, he was like, oh, yeah, I want to hear her say that in trial then if she said it, because he just couldn't believe that Carol had told police officers that he did it. And he said, I bet she won't. But when Tim found out, well, he didn't say that. I said, he said, I bet she won't. <laughs> um, okay, so when Tim found out that he was the only one arrested, he got on his Nino Brown shit. He was like, uh, if I go down, I'm taking Carol as down with me. He he then started his confession of his own. So Tim's confession went down like this. He said, I see your confession and I raise you two confessions because baby, Tim told officers that Carol was a willing participant in Nancy's death. And not only that, but she killed her husband, Jesse, as well. What? Boom. Who, who would have fucking thought? 
I thought that's who. And T Jesse's daughter thought. Okay. Okay. So what the fuck? So now that's some confessions for your ass, okay? Tim said he knew for a fact that Carol killed her husband because because he coached her on how to do it and how to do it in a way that it looked like a natural cause. So Tim suggested poisoning Jesse's insulin with heroin. Oh my God. Boy, real evil do exist out here in this world. I swear, dude. It, it really do. Real evil exists, okay? Um, and Jesse died a slow, painful death. After Carol mixed heroin, after Carol mixed that heroin with his insulin, she injected Jesse. His death looked like a heart attack. Now his daughter had her suspicions, like I said, and she was right, like she knew she was. And it's like now the same police that dismissed her was now knocking at her door to exhume her, to get her permission to exhume her father's body. To test and prove that Tim's story, test and prove Tim's story to be true. Um, because the heroin was in fact found, um, with Jesse's remains, Carol was then arrested. And when confronted, she broke down and confessed everything. Y'all know what's crazy. Carol and, Carol and Tim killed Nancy because Carol believed that Nancy overheard a phone conversation she was having with Tim about murdering Jesse, and they became obsessed ever since, and that obsession turned into paranoia, and that paranoia costed Nancy her life. And it's like, it was like a 50-50 chance, because she probably didn't overhear shit. They were just so paranoid about it that they just obsessed over trying to cover it up. Now, while Carol pulled a Karen move and acted as she was surprised by Tim's actions with Nancy, the couple planned the whole attack. So when Carol told officers in her confession how she was like, I came home, they were arguing. Oh my God, he had her tied to the bed and all that, you know, all that. Like she don't know what's going on the whole time. She behind the whole thing. Um... Okay, so she was saying that on the day of the attack, Nancy came home, she entered the home, and she walked right into terror. Tim beat her. Carol injected Nancy with battery acid. Can y'all imagine that? That's like um, DMX character from the movie Never Die, Never Die Alone. Deja vu all over again. Um, Nancy's cause of death was asphyxia. She choked on her own blood. Carol and Tim both was charged with first-degree murder for both Jesse and Nancy's death. They were tried together but had separate juries. Um, Carol testified and admitted to everything, um, the very least she could do. Um, two consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole was the sentence. Today, they are both still alive and still locked up. Um, and that was today's story, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Pictures can be found on Instagram at Love or Obsession Podcast. Um, please send all messages or suggestions to Love or Obsession Podcast at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. Holla at your girl. Please tune in next Tuesday for another story. I'm Queen. I love y'all. Peace out.